Microphone check, one, two, what is this? You're now listening to a brand new episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Look what you done started. Talk to him. Attorney, high-performance coach, and speaker Cherie Prince asks hard questions to really get to the bottom of what makes entrepreneurs tick. From starting a business, marketing, strategies, and the ins and outs of their industries. We talk everything from book recommendations, lifestyle hacks, and everything possible to get you inspired and motivated to build your own business. The Play Big Faster podcast starts now. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. We are joined today by Kimberly Crow. And I know a lot of you know Kimberly as an award-winning, international, inspirational public speaker, but we have some gems to drop for you today because there is so much more to Kimberly. And along the way, I'm going to get Kimberly to tell you about her journey. And maybe if we have time, she can tell us about how she hiked across the sections of the Pacific Crest Trail. So Kimberly, if you could just tell us a little bit more about who you are and who you serve. Absolutely. Um, so I am uh, a, an international inspirational public speaker. I love uh, sharing uh, insights with the people who are trying to get on stage. Primarily, my messages go out to coaches, people who are trying to do good in the world, that are in the transformation space, that are helping other people. Uh, so often, if I'm in a, a large group, I'll say, uh, if you're a speaker, you know, raise your hand or put a one in the chat. If you would like to make money speaking, keep your hand up or put a two in the chat. Uh, and if you would like to make a living speaking, put a three in the chat. And then we got all those answers. And then I say, if you would like to do all of that while making a difference and transforming the lives of other people, put a four in the chat. And that's when everybody's like, this is it, right? This is what I want to do. I want to, I, I don't love the word impact. I do like the word contribution and I like the word make a difference, but uh, impact seems a little violent to me. I know everybody uses that term. That's what I mean when I say contribution and, and, uh, and that's, that's what I'm looking for. Are people who want to make a difference in the lives of other people. Um, and, and in the transformation space, that's really what it's all about. So I love helping people get on stages so that they can do that. Cause I believe if you're not being seen, you're being overlooked. If you're not being heard, your message is not getting out there. And if you're not continuously getting that message out on stages, then it's not going to have the contribution you want it to have before you leave the planet. There's something that I heard you say that was really pivotal for me. Because believe it or not, there were years that I was really afraid of public speaking. And I heard you give, yeah, I heard you give the definition of public speaking as being speaking to two or more people at one time. And we all do that. Yeah, we all do that. So when we talk about public speaking and helping people get on stages, what exactly is a stage? Oh, that's a great question. Very, very few people ask that. Um, so we, uh, it, the stages can come in a variety of medium. I'll just give you a few examples. Podcasts, radio shows, TV shows for real. Like it could be a streaming TV show or something on Roku or something like that, or it could be on CNBC. Uh, web summits, 
that are virtual web summits, live in-person stages, clubhouse stages, live streaming stages like Facebook Lives or Instagram Lives or uh, YouTube is a stage. Any place where you can address your content to an audience of get this two or more, right? That is the definition of public speaking. But as a coach or an entrepreneur, you may be stuck in this world where to get clients, you hand out this terrible thing that all clients, all, all coaches hand out. It gives me like the like tremens to talk about it, but they give out their calendar link, like book time with me to chat, to see if we're a good match, right? And, and while that is effective for some people, it can also burn your most valuable resource, which is your time. We only have so much time on this planet. And if you're giving away your time for free to anybody who wants it, you have just told the entire world that your time to you is not valuable, that you'll give it away for free to anyone at any time. So I don't usually encourage having those one-on-one -on -one calls when instead you can have the opportunity to have one-to-many. You can even have a one-to-one -one that goes one-to-many. You and I are actually having a one-on-one -on -one call right now, but this conversation will be broadcast to more than just you and I. It will have the, a, a ripple effect, if you will, or an impact that's greater than just having that coffee chat with one person. So if you're a coach or an entrepreneur out there and you're doing those one-on-one -on -one coffee chats, maybe they're 20 minutes, maybe they're 30 minutes, maybe they're an hour, maybe they're 90 minutes, I would encourage you to take a look at the possibility that doing a one-to-many would be a lot more effective for your message. And so it's interesting that you said that because when we're talking about stages and getting our message out and communicating either one-to-one -one or one-to-many, you have four different types of stages that you teach people about. What are those stages? Yeah. So we already talked about the medium and people are like, oh, there's four kinds of stages and the medium of stages might be um, a variety of different things that we, we talked about. But the four types of stages are really, they fall into four categories of ways that you can appear on the stage. So type number one is what we call the speak to sell stage. Now, many people have heard of the speak to sell stage where they'll, uh, you'll hear somebody get up on a stage and they'll have a big PowerPoint presentation that feeds you a bunch of information really fast. And then, and then they have this, this slide that talks about what their offer and it's, you know, you get this and it's worth $5,000 and you get this and it's worth $7,000 and you get this and it's worth $10,000 and something else and something else. And it adds all up to like $4.6 million. But if you buy it now, now, now you're going to get it for $9.99, right? Like we've all heard that. And that's, that is, a speak to sell stage because in fact that's that type of, of speaking does work it does convert but that is not the only speak to sell stage there are so many other opportunities out there that the brand of speak to sell stage is really the idea behind it is that you are getting out there speaking one to many and sharing with people something that will lead them on the next next natural step of the journey toward a program, product, or service that you will be offering in the future. But this is a way for them to get to know you. Now, there is a book out there called Oversubscribed by Daniel Priestley. He did some really cool research and had some great statistics come out of it. Um, it used to be that there was an old adage that salespeople had to make an average of eight to 12 touches with a client before they would make a buying decision. And if you're in sales or if ever been in sales, you may have heard that before. 
Well, now with the advent of the internet, there's a lot more complexity to that. So in Daniel's research, he found that there were three key numbers, four, 11, and seven. Now the 11 is that eight to 12 touches. It does take about 11 times touching, connecting with another human on average, statistically speaking, for them to make a buying decision. That's what he found. So that initial adage was right. But the other two are very interesting. The four stands for four hours of research on you before they'll make a buying decision. Now this may be from, you know, you know, 30 seconds it takes at Office Depot to grab a pen and decide to buy it. That's fine. But then there's $25,000 programs where they might need a whole lot more than 30 seconds to make that decision, that buying decision, right? And there's all kinds of things that are cars and lots of different things. But on average, for a sale to take place, Daniel found that it took about four hours of researching what of that topic before they would make a buying decision. And the seven is the last number. The seven is it needs to be found in seven different locations, seven different locations. So that means that it could be a website that they check out. They might find you on Wikipedia. They might find you on the internet. They might find you um, in the, do, by doing research, they might find you on YouTube. They might find you on a podcast right? They might find you in a variety of different places, but they've got to see you in multiple locations so they know that you're for real. And so these statistics uh, that have come out are so powerful for those that have in embraced speaking because you have an opportunity to touch them in many different ways. At the end of a talk, you could give them a natural next step in Speak to Sell to say, okay, well, download my freebie or check out my lead magnet, or grab my uh, website, or even connect with me uh, in the back of the room. I, I'll be here in the back of the room to answer any questions anybody has if you're in a live event. So it could be a variety of different things, but you wanna make sure that you do get all of those different touches, all of that different research time in, and all of those different locations so that your people can know and like and trust you to make that buying decision. And so that is speak to, the speak to sales day, yes. right? Yeah. And I guess that would be maybe similar to the challenge model that had become so popular during the pandemic. There were so many people that were given challenges that were kind of guiding people to, on the customer journey. Is that? That can be one thing that you lead them to on a stage and, and the, the challenge can lead them to something else, right? Uh, ideally, any speak to sell stage will lead them to the natural next step. The natural next step might be buy my pen. It might be buy my book. It might be buy my $25,000 program but it might just be come grab my downloadable or meet me in the back of the room. So it could be a variety of things. It did become popular, more popular or more seen, more visible during the pandemic, but Speak to Sell has been around for a long, long time. It's been around for decades. And having, like, I remember going to a Dave Ramsey event where I went and he spoke on a live stage and shared a whole bunch of information. And of course he had an offer at the end of it, right? And that was way before the pandemic happened. So Speak to Sell has been around for a really long time. So that's one category. What are the other three? So the second category is the brass ring of speaking. This seems to be the one that when I talk to people and they want to speak and they want to make money speaking, that this is the one that they really want. And that is a paid speaking gig. That is 
I want to get on stage and be paid to impart knowledge to this particular group of humans, right? And keynote speaking is very, very powerful um, and a great opportunity. Uh, the, there are many different types of paid speaking, though. For some of your audience members, maybe they you, there are some classroom teachers out there. Maybe there's a couple of fourth grade teachers in your audience. That's actually a paid speaking gig, right? If you go and you teach and you get paid to do that, that's a paid speaking gig. I've done a variety of paid speaking. I have um, been a keynote speaker. My current rate is $7,500 for keynote speaking. I have been at a, an equestrian polo announcer where I've announced polo tournaments. I have been a, an actress on stage and been paid for that. Um, I have done voiceovers for commercials. And I have done, um, as a matter of fact, I've done audiobooks as well. There are ones that pay really well and ones that don't pay so well, uh, but they're all paid speaking gigs. The way to maximize that one the way to maximize the speak to sell is to make sure you have a natural next step for people to take that's that's easy for them to say yes to. The way to maximize the paid speaking gig um, is twofold. One, you want to be sure that you get paid before you get on the stage. That is that you get your check before you impart your knowledge. And the reason why is because if you don't get paid before you speak, now you have a brand new entrepreneurship called collections. You have to go get the money after you've already delivered the goods and there's no getting it back. There's no repossessing your talk, right? Um, and, the second, and the second important thing that you need to do is calculate your dollars per hour worked. Not the dollars per hour that you get paid for the gig, but the whole gamut of working to get that, right? So if I get paid $7,500 for a keynote talk, I may be at that event for the whole day. I may not only give a 90 minute talk, I may also do a breakout session. I may have to be there the entire day. It may take me a day to get there. I may have to spend the night in a hotel. I may have to, um, and I certainly would have applied to a variety of different places to get that keynote talk. So all of that time that you spend churning to get the business needs to be counted toward what your dollars per hour worked is. So for example, when I was doing audiobooks. I had to audition for maybe 10 audiobooks before I got one. Once I got the gig, then I, I might get $1,000 per finished hour. Well, that sounds like a really great rate, but then when you figure it takes you about four to 10 hours to produce every finished hour because you have to edit it, you have to reread it, you have to you know do all the different things and, and auditioning for it. Now, it doesn't seem like that much, right? All of a sudden that sort of eludes itself. So, um, so anyway, Make sure that you calculate your dollars per hour worked. Um, when I was doing audiobooks, it just wasn't that lucrative in the end, um, but it can be a lot of fun. And so that's number two. Now, the third type, I got a special question for that one, but tell us what the third type is. The third type is authority stages where you do not get paid to speak and you do not nece necessarily, you don't get paid to speak and you don't necessarily uh, offer a program, product or service. I, an authority stage would be a stage like TEDx, where you're speaking and you're performing and you're delivering an idea worth sharing, but you don't promote a program, product, or service. As a matter of fact, on TEDx, if you do, your TEDx will be put in, it will be a violation and it will be put in the black box of TEDx's that are never seen or heard. Uh, so you can't pitch during your TEDx. Yes, that's true. Uh, you also cannot get paid to do a TEDx talk. It is something that you do purely for an idea worth sharing. 
fortunately, I did have a TEDx. Um, it was actually right after COVID uh, happened and they delayed it several times. It was not only in person when it finally was released, we had about 50 to 70 people in the room, um, not a huge audience. Some TEDx's have hundreds of people in the room, but the important thing of a TEDx is that it goes viral afterwards. So we got it out. Now my TEDx has had 70,000 views. So I've had the opportunity to impact significantly more lives than those people that were actually in the room. Now I couldn't pitch and I didn't get paid for speaking on that. So you're going to ask me, Kimberly, how do I maximize that stage, right? How do you maximize that stage, Kimberly? <laughs> so the way to maximize that stage is to get it out everywhere. Make sure people can watch it. Make sure people can like it. Make sure people can share it. Make sure people can comment on it. Uh, put it on your LinkedIn profile. Make sure that you put it out on your website. Make sure it's in your email for a little while. Maybe on the bottom of your email, you just put a link to it so that people can find you and, and know more about it. The thing with TEDx is, is there are oftentimes people will do a TEDx talk and they check that box, but then they don't have it on their website. So nobody knows that they even did it. The whole point of an authority stage is to leverage the authority of it. TEDx's are not the only authority stage. I was on an authority stage in uh, San Diego on the Women Who Mean Business uh, award show. And when I was uh, nominated for that, I actually had to be nominated. And then I got 19 letters of recommendation for that show. When I got on that stage, I was very proud to be on that stage, um, but there wasn't any selling from it and I wasn't paid to be on it. So the way we maximize that one is we did a prep, my company did a press release to announce that I had done that. And we sent a letter to all of our clients, letting them know that I had been on that, I had received that notoriety. And when you do that, now people can say, you know, have that conversation. Wow, I heard you were here. And, and that's really impressive, right? So you want to make sure that people know about it, that they can like it, share it, see it, comment. On it. So for someone who's looking to get on an authority stage, what would you tell is, is the process to discover some of those stages? So an authority stage usually has an application process. Uh, TEDx's all have application processes. You can put in your the name of the talk that you wanna speak on and a little bit of about a bio of you, uh, why you're looking to get on that stage, why you are right for that talk, uh, what gives you the authority to speak on that particular subject, and you just apply. You can apply to multiple TEDx's, uh, and then and if you are fortunate, it can actually get picked up by the TED stage as well. Um, our stage was, my talk was actually picked up by TED. You can review it on the TED website as well. Um, and that is an increased level of authority, but it's a matter of putting yourself out there and applying. The authority stage is defined that way because somebody has had a chance to look at you and your credibility and verify that you are the expert you say you are. That's what makes it an authority stage. Somebody else is verifying it. It's not, not just you tooting your own horn. And so when you have that, you're going through a process to be verified that you are that level of expert. So it can come in a variety of forms. Now, Kimberly, before we go to the very last um, category of stages, you talked about kind of being verified and tooting your own horn. One thing that I didn't mention is that you're also a best-selling author and a serial entrepreneur. Tell us a little bit about Entrepreneur's Rocket Fuel. So Entrepreneur's Rocket Fuel is the force behind all of the different initiatives that I have for speaking. It is. It was originally started to help 
entrepreneurs launch online programs and sort of get some online attention. Uh, and I realized that there are a lot of programs out there that are helping people launch these online programs, but then they're not making any money from them. They're not getting seen. They're not being put out there. And the answer for that, for most of the people who are helping you create the programs is, well, you've got to do marketing, maybe Facebook ads, maybe promotion of some kind, uh, maybe joint venture partners are out there. I've found that one of the most easily accessible ways to be able to get the word out about what you're up to in the world is by getting on podcasts and radio shows and TV shows and web summits and, and just talking about who you are. People get a chance to connect to you, and if they like you and your personality, then they'll look in a little bit further. If they see a Facebook ad and it doesn't ring their bells right away, they're going to go right past it. So I find that speaking is a very, very effective way of marketing, even though we don't like to talk about marketing so much. One thing that Entrepreneurs Rock and Field does, um, there's a weekly production where you actually provide an opportunity for speakers to come together. And that's Speakers Playhouse. Tell us a little bit about Speakers Playhouse. Thank you for asking about that. That is, um, we have a hashtag, hashtag the best 90 minutes of your week. And we do feel that it is the best 90 minutes of our week. It is a networking event for speakers, but it's not your father's networking event. This is a gamified, very highly electric, energetic uh, networking event where we, it's sort of like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride meets Whose line is it anyway, where you give away points and the points don't matter. And it's a lot of fun for everyone. Uh, we want it to be improvisational. We want it to be fun. We want it to be engaging. And we get everybody on stage. You have to raise your hand. We won't just put you on the stage without you volunteering. But we give everybody a chance to grab the mic and share a little bit about who they are and what they're up to in the world. We do it very fast paced. So everybody has a chance, but it's not slow and dragging where people get, you know, five minutes and then you're like, all right, next, right? It's very, very fast paced and a lot of fun. Um, we've been asked oftentimes, is this something that you have to pay for? And no, this is a free event that happens every single Thursday from 1030 a.m. to noon Pacific. And it is the best 90 minutes of your week. Now, OK, for all this fun, where can I go register? Because that's the next question. How do I register for Speakers Playhouse? Awesome. You can go to speakersplayhouse.com. Speakers Playhouse is speakers with two S's, speaker, S-P-E-A-K-E-R-S, speakersplayhouse.com. And, uh, and you can check it out there and find out a little bit more about it and uh, register. It's just, uh, it's on Zoom. It's live, highly interactive every single week, and it'll give you a chance to grab the mic. And look, I know I took us off course a little bit, but tell us about the fourth category of stages. No, I love that you did that. It left a little bit of intrigue, what we call in the speaking world as an open loop, right? People stayed to listen because they wanted to hear that last stage. We actually have a secret fifth stage that I'll tell you about if your audience cares to listen in. There's another open loop for you. Uh, the fourth stage is actually going to surprise a lot of people. The fourth stage is a rehearsal stage. I am a big fan of practicing your talk, delivering your talk multiple times to make sure uh, that you get better at better. A lot of people are nervous about public speaking, and the best way to get good at public speaking is by publicly speaking. Uh, you cannot get better at public speaking by doing it in front of your bathroom mirror or in front of your pets. That will not be the way you get good at public speaking. You've got to actually get out there and do it. Sort of an immersion therapy, if you will. And so I encourage people to get out on as many stages as possible. Just give it a whirl. 
Uh, maybe your best friend has a Facebook Live that you could get out on uh, and, and have them just interview you and talk to you about it. Maybe one of your friends has a podcast and you could jump on that. You can come to Speakers Playhouse. Every single week, we drop about 40 different speaking opportunities for you to be able to jump on a stage and practice your talk. The first time I gave this particular talk, the four types of stages that every entrepreneur should get on and how to maximize each one, first time I gave that talk, it wasn't all that great. <laughs> it had some good elements, but it wasn't stellar, right? It wasn't until I'd given it 10, 15, 20 times that it started to really develop into the wholesome, full, robust talk that it is today. So I'm a big fan of rehearsal stages. I will tell you, Sherry, I've been on over uh, 5,000 stages. My best talk is my next talk. You can always, always, Awesome. So you mentioned there is a secret fifth stage. And so I'm waiting with bated breath. I don't know if I have to coerce it out of you, but share it with us, please. I will. Uh, your secret fifth stage is your own stage, your very own stage that you create for yourself. Now you've done it right here. You've created a podcast and that's amazing. And this podcast has great following and it's a wonderful place for me to be able to share my message with the world with some third party credibility because you're introducing me to your audience. And I love that. Thank you very much for that. Uh, but you can create your own stage without anybody's permission. You don't need a license or anybody's permission or a whole lot of money to start a stage. Anybody that's listening to this right now can create a stage just by deciding that they want to do so. For example, you could say, all right, starting next Wednesday, Wednesday at one, I'm going to go live on Facebook every week and I'm just going to talk. And that's a stage. That is a stage, right? The regularity of it makes it a viable stage. So you go every Wednesday at one or Tuesday at two or Thursday at 30 or Friday at five or Saturday at six. doesn't matter really when you go, as long as you make it a regular habit and that you go out on a regular basis. Now you've given yourself a stage, but you also have the potential to interview other people. You have the potential to bring other people out on that stage. And maybe one day you turn that into a podcast. Maybe it's a clubhouse stage. Maybe you turn it into a TV show. All of that is possible, but you got to start somewhere. So I highly encourage people to take advantage of the live stream opportunities that are out there right now. There are so many. Uh, creating a YouTube channel costs nothing. Uh, just being able to start a show like that uh, costs nothing. You can do on a very, very low budget. You can create a, a basic podcast um, and then you can invest a little bit more in it as it grows and be able to, to get some popularity to it and some additional views and grow it from there. You don't need to start with a huge budget and dive right into the deep end. You can just start small. And as you get better at it, it will be your own stage in one of the four categories or all of the four categories. You could have a speak to sell stage where every time you go on Facebook, you can make an offer. You could have a paid speaking gig where in order to see your Facebook post, they have to join a group. And in order to join that group, they have to pay you $5 a week or something like that. Uh, you could make it an authority stage by interviewing other experts and verifying that they are who they say they are before you bring them onto that stage. And you could make it a rehearsal stage where you just get on every week and practice. Now you said something and it just brought something back to me. When you talked about creating a television show, did I 
did I read somewhere where you are a television personality as well? I do. I have an emerging TV show. Uh, by the time this is released, it may be out. Uh, I don't know when your audience is listening to us, but it's called Inspired Ideas. It's on the Transform Your Life Network. It is live streaming available on Roku and several other channels. I think 40 other channels, but don't get me lying to you on which ones because my team knows that. I don't know where they are. It's just it's out there a lot of places. Um, and there, and yes, I do interviews on that show and have experts on that show and have other people's shows on that channel as well. Now, Kimberly, we all have heard the reasons why you are so great in this space, but how did you get here? Did you always know that you wanted to work in this space? Oh, that's a great question. So um, that goes back to my story. I probably did what a lot of your listeners did. Uh, and I was, I came out of the womb sharing my opinion. Ask my audience, ask my family, like they'll tell you that I came out talking and I never stopped, right? <laughs> However, not everybody does that. Um, I did, I love being on stage. As a matter of fact, I was on stage with Doug Henning when I was very young. Um, my brother and I had a magic show in our backyard. We charged tickets for it. It was my very first paid speaking gig. It was a great opportunity for me at age seven. Um, and so I have been on stage a lot. I was in plays and, and community theater along the way, but I never made it my career. As a matter of fact, I went to school, I graduated in communications and I still didn't make acting or being on stage my career. I went into corporate and I worked in corporate for 17 years. 15 of them were really good. I enjoyed what I did and I was very, very good at it. I actually got a lot of promotions and ended up at the top of a, of a ladder where I was an executive director and making a lot of money doing what I was very good at, but I didn't love it anymore. I did for a while until one day I just didn't anymore. And I stayed for about two years longer than I probably should have. But eventually I did leave and I decided to create an entrepreneurship around, uh, around, you know, anything that I loved doing. And I asked my friends and family, what should I do? And they said, well, you were so good at what you did at corporate. Why don't you do that? And I had clients that I could call on. I knew how to build that business. And so I made a goal of making it to a million dollars. And I started building a business around that. And I was in golden handcuffs at corporate. But what I didn't realize is that when I was building this own this business around what I didn't want to do anymore, I was building a golden jail cell. I got it to a million dollars and I just didn't love it. I was doing all the things that I didn't want to do anymore. And it just wasn't me. It didn't feel good. It didn't fit on me just right. And I was miserable going in every day. But now I had contracts. I had employees that were counting on me. And it was a very difficult time in my life. When I should have been celebrating, I was really miserable. And it wasn't until my son came to me one day and asked me, I'm, he said, I'm 15 and a half and I'm too young to get a summer job and I'm too old to go to summer camp and I don't know what to do. I'm like right in the middle age <laughs> at 15 and a half. And I thought, oh, that's wonderful. But you know what you're never too old to do or too young to do? And that's be an entrepreneur. So why don't we create a business around something that's just fun? Just you and me, we're going to create something that's just for fun. And I did think it would look good on his college application, but I thought also let's do something for fun because I was weighed down really heavily at that point. So we created a business and it was my audiobooks business. He decided that he was really good at, he's very charismatic. He loved reading books to children in libraries. He uh, loves performing on stage. He has a great voice. And so we decided to create this audiobook narration business. And we, because we were having so much fun, because we were enjoying it so much, we attracted more business than we could handle. 
it was so much business we had we were backed up we had people that were friends and family saying can you can my can my nephew narrate my book for me? He's awesome, right? And there was just too much business. He had to go back to school. So we ended up teaching other people how to create an audiobook business, how to do that on the side. And when we were teaching, I felt like I came alive. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be out here helping other people create lives that they love. And that made all the difference in the world. That was when the light bulb went really, really went on. And I was like, I need to do this. And that was in 2016, I think. And as we grew the business from there, um, we sort of shelved that business. And I started into the teaching business and, and sort of entrepreneur coaching. I don't really coach. I tell, I tell people I'm a teacher. I'm not really a coach because I don't hold people's hand and take them through. I just give great advice online <laughs> and let people do what they want with it. And then just like, I don't follow up to check to make sure you did it. I'm just telling people what worked for me. Well, Kimberly, that's okay. You mentioned that you are a teacher, not a coach, but what if I wanted to work with you? Is there a way that people can work with you? Yeah, I do events. And when I, and if, after Speakers Playhouse, if you decide that you want to spend a little more time with me, we do three day events where we do sort of an immersion into the four different stages. It's called Speakers Playhouse Live. We actually meet in person, about 50 to 75 people come into a group and uh, we teach about the four types of stages and how to get on each one and help you make the connections that you need to make with our business partners who actually do that. Some of them are business coaches, some of them are speaker coaches, some of them have other aspects that will help you grow your business and grow your know, like, and trust. Um, and so that's what I do. I create events and opportunities for uh, people to come together and learn about that. They are workshop events, so you'll actually be doing work and getting on stage when you come. Uh, we, as a matter of fact, make sure that everybody has an opportunity to get on stage at least six times in three days. Uh, it's a really powerful transformational event. And so that's how I currently serve. And then, of course, we have a higher end program that is uh, called Play 100 to ideally get you on 100 plus stages in a year. Uh, and we help you um, help the, the group helps you uh, develop that. And that's a, a higher end program that we have available for folks that want to want to step up into that. Realm. Well, listen, I'm not going to let you get out of here today without talking about one of your other projects. Now, all the great things that you do, you mentioned that you're an author. One of the projects that I know you is multi-volumes, but Voices of Women. How did that come about and what it is today? Oh, such a great question. So um, one of the things that I do in helping people get on stages is I had to create stages for them to get on. <laughs> so I create web summits. That's virtual summits where you can come and speak on your area of expertise or your subject of passion. Um, and for me, there are, if you Google right now, if you go out and Google international inspirational public speakers, you're going to get like a bunch of white guys and like four other people. That's why. That's what you're going to get. Right. And so I'm very passionate about getting those other voices out there in the world. So I created an event on International Women's Day uh, almost four years ago now called Voices of Women. And it was 25 minute speaking spots for women to come and share on their subject of passion. The very first year, it's a single day event. The very first year we got over 100 women speaking in a single day. 
it was so powerful. They all got 25 minutes. Obviously, they they weren't they were speaking at the same time as other other women, but you could choose which one you wanted to speak to, and you could actually buy all 100 episodes um, as a as a package as a VIP. Um, the second year we did it because it was such a success, uh, we had to do it again. Second year we did it. Uh, we did uh, 214 women speaking in a single day. And then last year we had 285. My goal for 2024 is to have over 400 women speaking on the stage. And that way we will have gotten a thousand women to raise their voice. Uh, and I'm all about that. The Voices of Women compilation book is from some of the women who wanted to create a chapter book and each one of those women had not all hundred of them, but I, I think there's 20 in the first one and 17 in the second one. And those women wanted to, to contribute in a, in a multimedia manner. And so we created the voices of women book and their chapter is written based on their talk. Uh, and then from that, it was actually turned into an audiobook as well. Kimberly, what do you do for fun and unwind? I mean, this seems like it would take at least 40 to 50 hours a week. How do you actually wind down and be present when you're not doing all these things? That's very powerful. I am big on meditation um, and I take great vacations. As a matter of fact, every year I go away on a hiatus for about two months where I'm not taking calls. Um, I do do the show, Speaker's Playhouse, every week on Thursday. That's my little check-in point. Every Thursday I'm there. Uh, but last year, I walked across the country of Spain with my two adult children. Uh, that was a 500-mile trek across the north part of the country of Spain. And it was absolutely transformational to be able to drop out. And I think that's what many entrepreneurs miss in creating their lifestyle of freedom is that they get locked into doing it all day, every day, seven days a week. And I was right there with you. I did. I took calls on Saturdays and Sundays and, you know, people needed to speak to me. So, of course, I was going to make time for them. They were trying to transform. And then I realized that I wasn't doing any self-care. In fact, a friend of mine called me out on it and she said, you know, Kimberly, you take calls seven days a week. Whenever anybody wants to get you, they can get you and you're doing one on one calls. And that's that's rough on you. And it, it took me a little while to back away from that. And finally, I determined that I really needed to give myself a vacation. Otherwise, I had a really bad boss. <laughs> Well, let's, let's unpack that a little bit, because for you to have the freedom to take off for two months out of the year, tell us about how you actually structure your team, because, of course, your business has to run while you're not there. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm very big in partnerships, and I don't mean partnerships with big, long contracts of 27 pages. I mean, find a friend that wants to do something together with you and sort of do it for as long as it's fun to do it, right? But if you have a goal, I, I know that you have a lot of goals. You've accomplished a lot already in this lifetime. Creating opportunities for people to get seen and heard is just one of the aspects that you've done. Um, but when you're doing that, you can't do it all alone. You just can't. As a matter of fact, I, I had this wake up call when I went to an event that was actually an event that you and I uh, were both at in Austin. Um, one of the statements from the stage was, if your goals are big enough for you to accomplish alone, they're too small. They're too small. 
So I'm a big fan of having a team. Now, I don't just have partners that are friends. I do have a lot of partners that are friends. Pretty much everything I create, including Speakers Playhouse, was created with a friend. We do it together. And when I'm exhausted, she takes in, she steps in. And when she's exhausted, I step in. And it's a delightful relationship. Um, but I have a team of VAs as well. I work with about nine virtual assistants that are on my team. And they are, I could not do what I do without them. I turn over a lot of the, the busy work to them. They do all of my social media posting. They handle a lot of the support line. They handle all the emails that come in and, and uh, you know, solve all the problems that happen with a business. And meanwhile, I'm out there creating new things to do and maybe new problems to have. Well, Kimberly, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? I just want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk with your audience and your listeners. This is a really cool way to be able to connect. Um, Sherry, I love your energy, how you show up in the world, what you're doing for folks and the medium that you're creating for other people to learn and, and delve into a little bit more. Uh, my motto, I'll just share that is if it's not fun, it's not worth doing. It took me a long time to learn that, but it's actually very true. If you are doing something, that you've been doing for a really long time that doesn't light you up anymore. Really think about that. If you're doing it just because you're good at it, it doesn't mean that you should be doing it for the rest of your life. There's a, a saying by Howard Thurman that says, when you're out there looking for what to do, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what lights you up because what the world needs is more people who are lit up. That is so powerful. Thank you so much for your time and for just sharing all these gems. I promised y'all that we had something special for you. So Kimberly, you are always welcome at the Play Big Faster podcast. And until next time, everyone, play big faster. Do you want to start your own business? Confused about where to begin? Not sure if you can do this? I'm glad you made your way here. Cut through the confusion. I invite you to join in on the five-day Play Big Faster Challenge. You'll get step-by-step -step guidance on how to start and scale your dream business faster. Five days perfectly structured. Build the business you've always dreamed of without spending tons of money and hiring consultants or a lot of staff. Join the challenge today at www.playbigfaster.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Play Big Faster podcast. Want more entrepreneurial content? I like this. Make sure to subscribe for future episodes. I've already subscribed. I just clicked on it. Don't forget to like and leave a review. Share with a friend that needs this in their life. I think you need this more than I. Oh, and make sure to follow Cherie on IG at Cherie Speaks. And remember to play big faster.